This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. This is Apostle Barbara Washington coming to you from Lewisburg, North Carolina, Christian Life Church of God, Inc., along with Pastor Gladys Smith. We invite you to join us on Tuesdays from 9.30 to 10 o'clock a.m. and on Thursdays from 1 o'clock to 1.30 p.m. where we teach the Word of God and we enjoy the Word of God. Join us. Catch the way. Hallelujah, 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 
gonna pray under the blood. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus. I'm gonna pray under the blood. Gonna pray under the blood. Oh, and the world can't do me. World can't do me. The world can't do me. No, no harm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to stay.
But do you know what they done? No doubt they were standing on the banks of hell, looking down at Jesus. And he beat that old devil. No doubt they said, go ahead, Jesus. Go ahead, Jesus. Go ahead, Jesus. Go. 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 Go.
just love you, baby. All the glory belongs to you, and all I can say, this is what grace looks like. This is what grace looks like. You gotta keep your hands open. You gotta keep your heart open. Teach me how to receive every blessing. Every blessing. Teach me how to receive every blessing, every blessing. Give me the wisdom to understand how things work together for my good and your plan. Oh, for grace to believe that I will receive every blessing. Teach me, God, right now, right here. Every blessing, give me the patience to abide in your will. Anxious for nothing, your living word will fulfill. Oh, for grace to believe that I will receive.
Teach me, Lord. Finish work. Teach me, Lord, how to receive and be satisfied. Yes, teach me. Teach me, Lord, and be satisfied. I want to be satisfied. Anybody want to be satisfied? Teach us how to receive. Finish your working.
Next Sunday, make sure you come early on time. We're gonna the place is gonna be packed. We are looking for uh well when we have our annual Christmas program. We used to have it in the afternoon, but uh the last since the pandemic we've opened up our eleven o'clock service for our young people. As you can see, we're in the process of getting our stage up so they can rehearsal this Saturday uh in house on it. And we will be working with it and getting getting it ready for next next Sunday. Um, that that stage there was built by matter of fact, Deacon Roscoe White was the first one to build it and behind that uh brother uh Rodney Smith and and brother Perry, uh last year we bought an inch uh top on it. And but we made it out there. It comes in four sections and three different levels, and we transport it in and out every year. So if, if you say anything to Deacon Roscoe White, uh, let him know that we're still talking about he and Brother Smith and Brother Perry how they put together our Christmas stage. They built it, and then Elder Hunter and, and other uh, trustees we get it in and out. Yesterday. Um, we had community service kids uh, here. Uh, I had five young men. They helped us to get it out of the storage building. Uh, uh, Brother uh, David Fuller had it positioned for us to get it out. We got it up here, and yesterday afternoon, pieces all in front of the church, all over, everywhere. But we got here, and Brother David Fuller and his and his son, uh, Aramis, they came in, and we pieced it and put it back together. So. Give them a hand. <laughs> the hard part is done <laughs> for this year. Uh, one more thing. I said, how many of you all got a candy cane on your bulletin? How many of you already ate yours? Huh? <laughs> Let's read that. Let's read the candy cane. My aunt, uh, Bay, uh, my mom's sister, she does our program. And she, I'm a have to text her and let her know she did a beautiful program. We weren't expecting that candy cane. The meaning of the candy cane. Look at the candy cane. What do you see? Stripes that are red, like it's blood shed for me. White is the, my Savior who's sinless and pure. J is for Jesus. My Lord, that's for sure. 
Turn it around, and the staff you'll see. Jesus, my shepherd, who was born and died for me. So next time you see that candy cane before you chew it up and eat it, think about the meaning of the candy cane. It's just more than a piece of candy. It all depends on your your spiritual mind and your spiritual imagination. God, the Bible says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He made you. He made the candy cane. He made your teeth in your mouth that you won't even eat it with. Come on, give God a hey. God is awesome. He's good. And you see our flyer up there. Not only will we have our Christmas uh, play next Sunday, the following Sunday on the 24th, come to church on Jesus's uh, Christmas, from Christmas Eve, the day before Jesus' birthday that we celebrate. Come back on the Sunday after, and we're going to have takeout plates. We're going to have a full dinner for you to take home with you to eat. You don't have to worry about Sunday dinner when you leave here uh, on that Sunday. Next Sunday will be the play. We will have fruit baskets for everyone and the secret Santa gifts for the kids. And then the following Sunday, we'll have Christmas dinner already cooked and prepared for you when you come. So uh, I'm looking to see all of you here. And we're just going to have some good time, some fun, and fellowship in the Lord. Moving on along with our program now, we are uh, getting ready to the highlight of our worship experience. Uh, we're going to have all our speakers to speak today. Mother McCoy is not feeling well, and uh, Evangelist Waddell was, uh, is, was in the hospital, and he's recovering. And but we do have uh, two of our elders here, Elder Demetrius Hunter and uh, Elder Doctor Saul. They're going to speak today. And so after we have a, you have a, a presentation, brother. I tell you what, are you a preachers? Are you all ready? All right. At this time, we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna have we're gonna have the the preachers to come on forth at this time, and we'll just have a, a video presentation afterwards. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to them how they want to start. Come on, tell them tell them church that preach, preach. the word. Reason for the season. As we know, but um, now we find that we're in some most times. I give honor to God for being here today, mm-hmm. Pastor, First Lady Emeritus, and First Lady in her absence, and all the saints. Mm, hallelujah. And friends, those who come to hear a word today, we had a toss up where the pastor said, Who wants to go first? And I think I should go first because I find that. Um, Elder Hunter, he likes to put that punch on things. But uh, I'm going to start it off because um, when I got the text, it said a child is born, a son is given. And we all know that in the Bible it says there's wars and rumors of wars, and they come a tumultuous time like this that we're in today. And this morning we're watching TV, and there's going to be a funeral. 
today of a young man that passed away who was stabbed, who's somebody's son, and saw the father on TV. And we start thinking about how, you know, came time for Jesus to come into this world. And, yeah. and they, they oftentimes they talk about slavery and parallelism, you know, when it comes to black people and the Bible and how we have to have this faith to overcome and the, the hope, you know, that we have to keep, yeah. you know, enduring and, and faith without works will be dead. But see, uh-huh. we had a tumultuous time where a child is born and a son is given. And you, you say, well, what are you, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that you could go back into time and understand what's going on here with the prophet Isaiah. And see, mm-hmm. interesting thing about prophet Isaiah, you know, you, you, you know, you have this, you know, prophet, he's there, but he comes into the forefront. But before that, the prophet Isaiah was just killing. I'm going to put it in our, in our, our, our cultural ebonics. He was killing because mm-hmm. what happened to prophet Isaiah wasn't doing a whole lot until you read the year that King Uzziah died. That's when the prophet Isaiah came into his full fruition. And see, mm-hmm. what happens is now we find with the black church is one of those things that you're going to find there are going to be sons who are going to rise up when somebody dies. Because what has happened is we've we got to a point where we say, when it comes to the, the black sons, it's hopeless. And see, when it came to a time that, you know, the parallelism with Jesus is that you know, Joseph and Mary run around trying to find somewhere to have the baby. Uh-huh. And from lying, so you're preaching your lying. Because you know, now when you find they end up in a stable. See, that's so interesting. If you ride up and down Newburn Avenue, you see many black men and women that are homeless. You know, they're not only singles, but you find that married couples are also a homeless. And this morning I'm watching TV on you know, Popeyes. I saw the Popeyes screen where you order from, and there was a man, somebody's son, that was shot this morning and was over at Wake Med trying to recuperate from it. So, see, what's happening, we got to understand that we always talk about the reason for the season, but you got to understand black, my, my, my black brothers, you know, and my black sons, that we are living just like Jesus. What are you talking about? When Jesus was getting ready to come into the world, they were saying, find that baby and kill him. Uh-huh. Find the baby and kill him. If I'm lying, that, you know, preacher, you're lying. Because I'm here to let you know that right now, that if it says it's a black male fetus, it's a, a, a mark on that child. Because what happened? Jesus didn't come here with an easy life. And when we're here in this life, you find that his mother coddled him. His mother said, okay, you know, Herod's still running around trying to kill you. You know, and they ain't worried about the other kids, because you got to remember Jesus had other brothers and sisters now. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. They won't they answer. They will answer Jesus. So Mary said, we got to get her out of here. So they got up and they went over to Egypt. See, they got to tell the whole story. There's more than waiting for three wise men. These three kings come bearing gifts. Those gifts come with a price. Uh-huh. And that price is your life. And see, what happened is you'll find that all of a sudden, the next thing you know, when Jesus pops up, he's sitting in the temple. And he's down in the temple. And you find that in the old days, when it comes to our black community, the young men would sit at the feet of the elders. When they used to go to the barber shop, oh, hallelujah. They used to go to the barber shop, you sit there, they're playing checkers, they're playing chess. And they're also talking about what, you know, what churches are doing and, and how also talking about, hey, somebody's hiring down the street. But now when you go to the barber shop, they got anything and everything on the videos, little kids in there, and they're talking about how they want to stay young forever. And see, we got to get this thing that even Jesus knew that he was not going to stay young forever. So he said, now nah, it's about me to be about whose business? 
My father's business. So now we find that a child is born and a son is given into this world. It gets to a point, I'm here to let you know, mamas, you got to let them know they got to be about the father's business. But then we flip the script. So many fathers have these sons, and they won't even give them a glass of water. You get yours like I get mine. What happened to that culture that we said it takes a whole village? Uh-huh. Is that true it takes a whole village? Right. Are we still part of the village? And we are part of the village because we are born and shaped in iniquity. Yes. Born and shaped in iniquity because man, a woman born, man is born of a woman, woman is born of a woman. But these days are long and dutiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you got to be ready to change when it comes time that God calls you in a quiet, still voice. Because what's happening is that now our young sons are not hearing the voice. They hear a voice of hip-hop. They hear a voice of rap. They hear a voice of that, that lady or that boy in their ear, like, you want to do this, you want to try this, you know. But here I'm going to let you know, try Jesus. He's still alive. Uh-huh. But see what happens, we're not to that point where we understand a child is born and a son is given. Because what we used to do, we looked out for our own daughters and sons from the cradle to the grave. Why do you say to the grave? Because right now we have senior citizens wondering why are not their sons, mothers wondering why their sons aren't coming to visit them in the nursing home. Why did not visit them in the assisted living facilities? Because we left God out of the equation. Uh-huh. We give a bunch of Christmas gifts, but all of a sudden we drop off with the Christmas gifts. Oh, money getting a little tight this year. I didn't get that stimulus check from COVID. It's run out. Or, or I, you know, I got laid off from my job. And even now, it's already stated that the unemployment, unemployment rate amongst black males has gone up. See, I follow these things and what the trends are going on. It's okay to be behind this pulpit. But you got to understand that when you're a man of God, it's not right here in the pulpit. You go to the highways or the hedges. And when you go to the highways and the hedges, you go out there to see what's going on. And then when you find that you what's going on, you bring it back to the storehouse. Uh-huh. He said, we got to wrap it up because out there right now, you know, we're losing our sons in society. And so we find that we didn't lose Jesus because what it's talking about here? Isaiah said we're having problems. The Syrians, that's right, the Syrians. The same battles that are going on right now over Palestine. They've been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And, and now they talk about all this anti-Semitism. But see, y'all need to understand what Semitism is. Semitism is something, a situation where the African-Asia con- con- concept where you find over in that area the Arabic language that you speak. Because if you go over there right now, you go to Israel, the Israelis look like the Palestinians. The Palestinians look like the Israelis. The original people over there, you cannot tell the difference because they Isaac and Ishmael. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to anti-Semitism, it has a vast array. It doesn't necessarily mean the Jewish people. And I'm here to let you know that we got some sorting out to do. Because in the reason for the season, this is the time that we really have to sit down and learn why we're in the midst of understanding God. Why we're in the midst of understanding Jesus. Because the parallelism of what Jesus went through and what our young sons are going through is still going on. Because now we have to understand that they have this school pipeline to prison. And on that school pipeline to prison, it hurt me so bad. I said, I said, I said, Yo, they, y'all, I said they should go sit there. The Lord started speaking to me. They're going to sit right. there. They're going to fact check. Yeah. They need some evidence. I, was, I went through Social Behavior magazine you know, this morning. It said, Chapter 9, Framing Black Boys, Parents. 
teacher, and student narratives of academic lives of black boys. It's by an author named Stephanie J. Rowley. The discourse on black boys tends to suggest that black boys are in complete peril. We began with evidence, not just saying this and that, but evidence that black boys are excelling in certain contexts in, in certain states, certain schools, and certain courses. What they're excelling in is not academics. We then discussed the ways in which the narratives used by parents, teachers, and black boys themselves may serve to further reinforce views that black boys are beyond hope. And you notice they say what the parents, the teachers, and even the black boys themselves have given up on hope. Research on black parents suggests that they tend to view their sons as vulnerable, which the mothers do, being very doting, and have lower expectations for their sons than their daughters. Studies of teachers show that they tend to view black boys as unteachable, as a social problem, and as scary as it may be. Research on black boys show that they are sometimes complicit in supporting these narratives by engaging in negative or stereotypical behavior. Sounds familiar. The thing about it, you know, they, they call Jesus' behavior negative, right? It's the miracles that he was doing. They said it was negative. You know, there's something wrong here. But we find that over here, Prophet Isaiah said, we're in this calamity, we're fighting. But in these times like these, there's somebody coming on the horizon. But the key is that you got to know who's coming on the horizon. You got a key to know who you have your faith in. Because I'm asking you the question today, what is a son and what does he mean to you? And we know the adjectives Isaiah described are, are very eloquent because he said that the son is coming. He's coming to deal with the government, which means he's going to be responsible. He's coming as wonderful, which means he's going to enlighten you to what's going on. He's coming as a counselor, which means he knows something a counselor is a therapist. But you got to understand that when it comes to Jesus and we're on our knees, we're praying on how we're going to get out of the situation, he comes as a strategist. Jesus is a strategist. He lets us know, on bending knees, I will raise you up out of your situation. Uh-huh. Then we find that we say, mighty God. He, had, he is a mighty God because Jesus had the power to go to Calvary. Because he said, no matter how much you, how heavy you think this cross is, this cross is light compared to what I'm getting ready to give for you, which uh-huh. is my life. Then you say, well, he's a prince of peace. Well, well, he is a prince of peace because when his world tosses to and fro, he is a bridge over troubled waters. You know, you find that in the midnight hour when you cry, he's going to say, turn it around. And you find that when in, the, in this article that I just talked to you about, it's, just, it's, it's interesting because now we find that they did take prayer out of the school. And then we start looking at the HBCUs. Most HBCUs were founded on Christian principles. And that's where we are because they knew that there was like a prophet Isaiah. They knew they had to speak in existence those things that are not as if they are. And they knew that when it comes to a knock on the door, if Arali Police Department comes knocking on your door, they're not going to say, is Mrs. So-and-so there? They're going to say, is Mr. So-and-so and so home? That's the way we're predicated on. Because the covenant with God was through man. And man now is a son. So now it's the time that we know that our young men are ending up on the couch. We know that we got to pray for them because now is a tumultuous time because now they're acting out those stereotypical things, those negative things. But now we got to fight, church. We got to give it up. We got to give up this, you know, this freedom we have to say, you know, 
Then, well, if your only God is dead, try mine to be still alive. It's okay to throw money out there, you know, say, we're going to buy some lunches and we're going to do this. But these kids now need you sitting at that lunch table tell them, telling them how good God has been to you. Telling them how once you were homeless, once you were lost, now you found. Telling them how, you know, all of a sudden I, got, I lost my job, but God opened the door and now I got a job better than I had before. Because I'm here to let you know a child is born and a son is given. All right. Amen, amen. We saw that I'm going to write on the same scripture, Isaiah 9 and 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So just for a few moments, I want to talk about the victory formation. The victory formation. I have a habit now. And I don't know why I pay for TV because I don't watch it much. What I watch now is YouTube. And I watch YouTube because I can pick what I want. You know, when you watch YouTube, you can go. I don't have to watch today's game. I can watch yesterday's game. If my team is losing this season, I can pick a season where they're winning. I think I watch more Carolina winning national championships than they have championships. Why? Because I can relive those situations. And as I was getting prepared for today, I was thumbing through YouTube and I watched and rewatched a game that happened this season. It was between the University of Miami Hurricanes and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Now, Miami had played a good game and it was about 23 seconds left in this game. And all Miami had to do was get in victory formation. And if you want to know what victory formation is, all you got to do is hike the ball and kneel down. Take a knee. But for some strange reason, the Miami Hurricanes coach called in a play, and he asked the running back to run up the middle. And lo and behold, the running back got the ball. He ran about five yards. And guess what they did? They stripped him. And he fumbled. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets got back and got the ball through one play. He went out of bounds. Then they got the ball with about seven seconds left. The quarterback dropped back and threw a touchdown, and Miami lost. And guess what? The commentator kept saying, all you had to do was kneel the ball. All you had to do was kneel the they didn't understand what the coach was thinking about. They didn't understand what the coach was doing. They said, all you had to do was kneel the ball. Church, some of us are going through some things, and guess what? All we got to do is kneel the ball. As Dr. Charles was talking, he said, Isaiah promised us a son would be given. And sometimes you don't understand that you already won the game. You just refuse to kneel the ball. We keep trying to make things more complicated than they really are. Sometimes you got to be able to accept the win, however it comes. Sometimes we got a view in our mind how we want things done. We want 
things to be done our way. But guess what? Just because you want it done that way, that doesn't mean God would like it for it to be that way. If you look at it, a lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he was born in a manger. A lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he was from Nazareth. A lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he had to run to Egypt. A lot of people don't believe in what you got going on because of where you're from and who your mama is and who your daddy is and how much money you got. But sometimes quit trying to prove people wrong and just kneel down and get in victory formation. You may say what you need. I may need some more Bible. But I believe in the word of God. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Oh, my God, my God. Sometimes you just got to get down in victory formation. And when you get out, God said he'll heal the land. So quit trying to reinvent the wheel. I remember when I was little. My, my, see, see I, I, I was a grandma's boy. And my grandma's children, including my daddy, would give her some problems every now and then. And I would see grandma be in the kitchen cooking me breakfast. And she would cook me, and I was like, where are yours at? Because she would have a plate, but it was turned upside down. Yeah. And she said, baby, I need your daddy and your uncle and your aunt to get right. Uh-huh. And what she did, she turned that plate over. Uh-huh. And after a while, she would come up and say, I can eat now because God is about to do a new thing. Yeah. See, some of y'all keep relying on the school system. But you just need to turn the plate down because God is going to go ahead and fix that thing. Some of you are relying on the government. And I'm here to tell you, Biden won't do it for you. I'm here to tell you, Kamala Harris can't do it for you. But some things you've got to go back to the old path. And guess, guess what? Get in victory formation. Because when I go down on my knees, something has to move. When I go down on my knees, God has to listen. When I go down on my knees, there is a man called Jesus. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is a prince of peace. My challenge to you is to don't get too complicated. Just get in victory formation. For the Bible says, and Jesus said, you have been counted as sheep to the slaughter, but yet you are more than conquerors. For the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. During this holiday season, don't overcomplicate your life. The devil is coming, but you just got to get a victory formation. He ain't got enough time to take you out. Because my Bible says, before he hung his head and died, he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. That means the game is already over. We're just waiting for the buzz of the sound. Get in victory formation. Because one thing is guaranteed. Then guess what? Everybody got the same income in heaven. Right. <laughs> we get so tied up and tangled up with the stuff of the world and we start letting the world become our barometer 
of how good God is. All right. But God didn't call the church to be a thermometer. He called the church to be a thermostat. Thermometers read what the temperature is. The thermostat dictates what the temperature is. The church has to get in this rightful place and understand that we can't lose with the God that we use. So, yeah, stuff is going on. But guess what? We can still get a victory formation. Oh, my God. Yeah, bread is high but you can still get in victory formation. Oh, yes, gas keeps going up and down, but still get in victory formation. Oh, yes, rent keeps going up and up and up, but still get in victory formation. Oh, yes, ads cost you a whole lot, but get in victory formation, because some of y'all missed it. Some of y'all won't even pray, but we got groceries across the street. Get in victory formation. Some of y'all, oh, my God, my God. We have to understand that God did not give us no tools to fight this world. But the few tools that we have, they are the best that you can have. In my closing, they say Saul was at the front lines, and David came, and he said, y'all running from this Philistine. And Saul said, look, give him the best stuff. And they gave him a sword. They gave him a shield. They gave him all this stuff. David said, I ain't got no experience with that. But what I do have, I got this slingshot and I got God. And the Bible says that he went and kneeled down at a brook. He got a victory formation. Right. And he picked him five smooth stones. Right. And when he got up, he was able to sling that rock right. and hit Goliath square in the middle of the head. Stop picking up weapons that you're not prepared to fight with. All you got to do is get in victory formation and get what God has already blessed you with. And guess what? When you swing, you're going to hit that devil square in the middle of the head. And the Bible says that after this, David took a bigger sword and cut Goliath's head off. Y'all didn't get that. A normal sword was too heavy before he fought. But the big sword was light after he got done. Get in victory formation. You will be stronger after this. God bless you. Yes, everyone, just stand to your feet. Let's give God a hand. Let's give him a hand for giving our two elders a word for us. For our young men and for us as Christians, letting us know that we need to stay in the victory formation. And one of the most powerful things that we do have is prayer. How many of your grandmothers and your mothers taught you to let you know that prayer changes things? So a lot of times what we have to do We just have to pray about it. The bell is not yours. It's the Lord's. Those of you that have a special prayer request, just raise your hand right now. We're taking gorgeous music to another level. Catch the wave seven days a week, eight to five, keeping it live on the NFI. Hello, somebody. It's the NFI. 
give me a cold pound. Yeah. Then I told somebody to barbecue. Uh-huh. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. Oh. I'm for my life.
we'll be right back with more great gospel music right after this important message. We're coming out of the closet seven days a week, Monday through Sunday, here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. It's the anointed one bringing you the very best in gospel music. And don't forget the Word of God right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Join the team. Join the family here on the NFI. It's Journey Within You with Dr. Kim Marie. It's Elder Curry Harris, pastor of the Word of God Deliverance Ministries out of Raleigh, North Carolina. It's Apostle Barbara Watkin and co-pastor Gladys Smith of the Christian Life Church of Lewisburg, North Carolina. It's the Power of Prayer Request Hotline Church Mondays through Thursdays from 12.30 p.m. to 1 p.m. And it's Overseer William Eli Radcliffe, pastor of the Lincoln Park, Holiness Church, 13 East Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. If you're looking for the very best in quartet music, that music that you love, and that contemporary music taking it to another level, then you've got it right here. On the NFI Radio Gospel Network, we keep it live here on the NFI. Join us Mondays through Sundays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit our website at nfiradio.com or our public figure page on Facebook at NFI Radio Gospel Network. It's the number one quartet station in the world. You're catching the wave. You're catching the wave in HD2 sound with tight acoustic bass. In HD2. Come on in. We've been expecting you. NFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world.
we all get ready to dance. In Genesis, it states that the seed of a woman is going to bruise the devil's head. Y'all ready to bruise his head?
victory and you know you got it. I want you to get another neighbor's hand that looks like they're ready to dance with you. And say, neighbor, it don't even matter what I'm going through. But all I know is tonight I'm coming out of this. And when I come out, I'm taking you with me.
You're listening to the number one quartet station in the world, and I'm the old Chatham County country boy. Catch the wave. I know.
We're coming out of the closet in HD2 sound with type of okay. space.
Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.